You're listening to Mornings with Kelly and Steve on Moody Radio, from the word to life. Lena Aberjamra is joining us right now. She is the founder of Living with Power Ministries. You hear her here on Moody Radio each day, and so we're so glad that you can join us. Lena, it's been a while since we've had you on the program, but thank you for joining us. I'm so happy to be here. Well, tell us a little bit about this new study that you've got going on. It's a six-part uh, six study through the desert about God's faithfulness, which is found cover to cover in our Bibles. What are we doing here? Why are we needing to get through life's hard places, and how is this going to help us? Well, it's funny that you played that song that was so fitting for the Bible study. It's almost like you planned it or something. So I really enjoyed that. God is with us in the storm. And, you know, sort of, uh, I think the fact is that we connect with that theme of, 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 God being with us in desert season or in the storms of life because we're spent so much time in these places. And I think, you know, for me, I um, I started thinking about, well, when when I was talking with, uh, with my publisher, David C. Cook, about writing the studies, we have a series of them coming out. And so one of the things that I enjoy about, uh, about the Bible in general and thinking through life is sort of big picture. Like, why is this happening? Where are we going? Why are we doing what we're doing? Sort of, you know, I think you can get very bogged down in the minutia and miss the big picture. And so in looking at scripture, I thought, well, yeah, let's kind of look, let's follow God's footsteps from Genesis to Revelation. And where, you know, where does he show himself faithful to his people? And so there's certain uh, locations, place, I think has been very important to me. You know, my story is that I grew up in Beirut, Lebanon, and of course moved to Green Bay, Wisconsin. And then now I settled in Chicago, but I still go back to the Middle East and then in working with the refugees have sort of watched them wrestle with like what place do we belong to and what happens in place and is it does it make a difference if you're living in a tent in the Middle East versus if you're living in a home in the United States and and sort of this concept of place is I think very relevant in scripture the land you know people are fighting in the Middle East over the land you know you kind of think what's all that about and you start watching the movement of God in Scripture, and you see certain themes come up. And the, the desert is a big theme in Scripture, and it is a big theme in my life. And, you know, as you start sort of understanding, well, why? Why do we spend so much time in the desert? My focus is often getting through it. Whereas as you start looking at God's steps in the desert places, all the way from Genesis to Revelation, from the moment Adam and Eve leave the Garden of Eden, it really, much time is spent in the desert by God, not just by his, like, like oh my gosh, they're in the desert now, we need to get them out. You know, it's like, it's like we think of it as a video game level. Like, get out of the desert now. We've mm-hmm. got to get through all these obstacles to get to the next level. Whereas God actually leads us to the desert. And I, the first week we look at um, Abraham. And the invitation of God was, of course, the promise that he would, you know, bear ch- you know, a child through him that would eventually lead to Christ. But really, the invitation is to the desert. And it was in the desert, away from the comfort of Huron, that Abraham would learn this faithful God. We would learn to understand him and to rely on him. And so what I found in my life that I've had to have a shift in perspective, and it comes not from a psychological, oh yeah, you know, you know, let's think positive about this, but really from a scriptural, I think, place that says, we need to change the way we think about our desert places. They are 
the place of life. And that's the place that God has us in, not just to get through it, to get to the other side, but the place where we can maximally enjoy the goodness of God. And I've found that to be true in my life in many ways. And so the study is sort of a walk through all the sorts of deserts that come into our life. And certainly some are, you know, discipline, but most of the desert places are really an invitation for growth and dependence and intimacy with God. You know, the I, I got to go to Israel in 2018, Lena. That was the first time I've been. I hope to get to go back, and I remember seeing the desert for the first time. And like what you said at the beginning of this conversation, that's how I used to see the desert exactly. Get me out of this place. What am I doing here? What have I done wrong? This is horrible. Because we want what we see. We have in mind what we think the blessings of God are. And then as you yeah. grow in maturity, hopefully you begin to understand the value of a desert. And I remember seeing that desert for the first time. And I didn't feel alarmed by it at all. All I could sense was the nearness of him. And that's where I began to understand better. And then I thought, oh, my goodness, the Spirit of God led even Jesus into the desert. And this was a refining place. And we learned from that. Talk about the value. If you would dig into that a little bit more, the value of those desert places in our lives and how God uh, refines us. Because there, he, he is near in those times. He is doing something. We don't feel it always, but we can't trust our hearts. Our hearts are deceitful. He is doing something, whether we feel that or not. Yeah, I mean, this is the essence of what it means to be a Christian, right? Is to trust God when you don't see action. <laughs> you know, you want the memo in the mail. You want the explanation right away. And in much of the walk of faith, it's a walk of faith because you don't see it. But, you know, what, what has intrigued, without giving much of the study away, I mean, of course, Jesus spent time in the desert, and that's, you know, we've learned so much about temptation in that. But I even love, like, one of my favorite, you know, I, I spend a lot of time talking about the people of Israel in this study because they're very symbolic of what we're going through now ourselves in Christ, but my, you know, one of the sort of surprising ones that I wanted to spend time thinking about was John the Baptist. I mean, his very life was in the desert, right? And it was the place that drew revival. Right? This last couple of weeks, I think, in the United States, we've been thinking so much about revival, both with the Asbury revival and then the Jesus Revolution movie, and everyone's like, my goodness, it's coming, it's coming, and I think we miss sort of like, we need a desert, and I think most of us sort of recognize that we're living in a desert morally, spiritually, you know, that sort of like environment in the U.S. right now that begs a, a place of revival, like you dying of thirst for truth, for God, for goodness for love and, and i don't know what it looks like per se but what you know my favorite week was probably that week of john the baptist who spent you know like think about it like he literally lives there and that becomes the place of life right that eventually jesus you know shows up gets baptized and the, the start of the the christ ministry in in those three years that eventually led to the cross and so yeah i think again the bible is so i think we forget how deeply practical the bible is now we make it into, I want it to be practical for me, right? Like I wake up, I'm like, what do I have going today? I make my to-do list, then I open the Bible and read it and think, okay, give me three verses that are going to match up my list. And it's almost like we just go looking for a way, an explanation, uh, you know, uh, Jesus as my fixer. And I think it's so much more, this Christian walk. We limit all of the joy and goodness and faithfulness that God has for us. We limit God when we make it about my you know, top three to do problems. While God can take care of those things in a second, we are invited into a much bigger thing. And I think to me, like going to the Bible, if you don't understand, if you don't approach, I guess I should say, scripture with that in mind, that this isn't a study about Lena, 
This is a study of a God that has invited Lena into a bigger story. Now, all of a sudden, the little ointments, flies in the ointment, whatever you want to call them, the nuisances of a, of a Christian, you know, of, of my life, pale in comparison to those awesome, eternal things that God is working out in and through us and has invited us to, that much of them take place very much in our desert places. I've gotten older with every year. I know that I've been coming on your show for a while, and it's just funny how that happens, right? You wake up one day, you're like, I'm a half a century old now. And the older you are, the more I think you start to appreciate that, and not just appreciate it, but where you start being grateful for the fact that it's not just about my life, because my life is ending in a few years, 30, 40, whatever God gives me. It's not going to go on that long. I have less to live than what I have lived so far, but I have eternity. Mm-hmm. And I think if we would spend more time thinking and meditating on that, I think that's what Bible study should do for us. When I started the study in the intro, I talk about how we're not, we don't just want to do another Bible study. What God is inviting us to is a fresh move of His Spirit working in us. To lift our eyes off of this little circle that I'm living in to this big world and eternal world that God has invited me to. And that's exciting and fun. And, and it's, I, I hope that the person who's doing the study will walk away with fullness of joy in understanding where we fit into this great big kingdom of God. Well, we're so glad for this resource, you know, Lena, because this this is the truth, is that once we have come into a relationship with Christ and we receive that justification, right, the covering, then it's about the sanctification process. And sanctification, there's so much desert in sanctification, right? This is the testing. This is the stretching. This is the growing. And when I often think about God's goodness— I what I believe is that we miss the awe of who God is. And the reason why we might miss that is because we don't know and experience enough of the suffering and the affliction to really understand just how good God is. And that's something that really once we grab a hold of it, we really change our perspective. And that's what I would hope that people receive through this study that you've produced, is that by the end, there's an awareness that others have done tough things. I may be in a tough position. I may be walking out that affliction and this suffering right now in this desert. But what God is going to do with this is so much greater than me. And then I can take that and serve others. What would you say to somebody about that importance, right? You just said it's not just yeah, about me, look, it's I about think, others. What about right. serving it and putting it into action? I think, you know, I think even as you're describing that process of, you know, the big Christian words of sanctification, it's just mainly our change process, our becoming. Because, you know, I look at my life and I think I'm not, I'm on a lot of days, I think I'm not a lot like Jesus, you know. I don't love people I don't like. You know, I have to I have to muster the energy to be kind, you know, all the things. I don't want to give all my money away, you know, all the stuff that makes us, you know, much more, I, I feel a lot more human than I do, you know, in any way, Christian in a sense. But with that in mind, I think, you know, I, I always think about like my practice in medicine. It, it lends itself to so many illustrations. I mean, why is pain so relevant? I, I think about patients. I take care of patients every day. In fact, I took a break from seeing patients now to do this interview. And there's kind of two kinds of patients, right? There's the ones that are not really hurting. They maybe have an illness, but they're not that much in pain. And they call me and they are very demanding. Now, you know, you can say, well, it's their right. They're paying for the call. It's a service. However, whatever the argument is. The fact is, those are the patients that call me and say, hey, doc, 
uh, or they call me Lena. A lot of the under 30s just to call the docs by their first name now, and and it, which is fine. I mean, but again, it shows this level of I'm in control. I'm driving the bus. Here's what I need you to do for me. All right, I think a lot of Christians who don't go through deserts would like that. I've done that with God, right? We show up, we're like, God, you're great. I know you're going to get me what I need to get to the next level. Then there's the other patient. They call me equally. They're hurting. They don't, they don't even call me, right? They just like, they don't have a name for me because they're just hurting. And whatever I believe will help them, they're willing to try, right? Because mm-hmm. they're in that space of pain. That's what I believe the desert does for us. When we're in that space of pain, we come to God with a completely different attitude of saying, God, you have to be able to fix this more than I have tried. It's like the woman who reached for the hem of the rope. Why does that story move us? Because we've all been there where our resources just don't get the job done. Our energy's limited, our time is limited, our money's limited, our space is limited. And so there's a point when we hit that place where we're like, okay, I have no more demands, God. You do what you need to do. That, I think, is a gift because that's what God does for us. He always wants to do that for us. He wants to do that for us even on the good days. I am so aggravated with the patients who come and say, I know what you need, what, what I need. You give me what I need. And I'm always like, well, actually, you're not right on this. And now I have to navigate my way to try to get them to, to go down the path that is in their best interest. <laughs> you know, we make it so much harder than it needs to be when all God wants from us is yieldedness. And how do you get to a place of yieldedness? Well, I found in my life, and I believe it's true scripturally, that it's when we're utterly broken that we feel the most dependent. And I see that in every theme of every book that I've written, that God has had to get me to places of brokenness in order to finally say, look, look, look how good I am. I'm not holding back from you. I'm not extending your time in the desert. I'm just trying to help you to see the richness of what it means to know me. Well, I agree with something that you, you've written here. In fact, um You've even titled a section of your book uh, this way, Lena, which, by the way, we're talking with Lena Abu-Jamra about her new study, Through the Desert, a study on God's faithfulness. Um, one of the, the subtitles within the book is, or the study is, The Gift of Desert Places. And it is a gift, if you really stop and think about it, it is a gift. But I've got to ask you, Lena, how do you, how do you recommend to anyone listening right now to, to get to that place of yieldedness? Because someone listening right now is finding themselves in that desert place. They may not have hit the point of yieldedness. They know that they need what God has for them. They know that everything they've tried is not working, but they are still finding themselves in such a quandary. Maybe they just can't calm their spirit just yet. What 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 advice do you give them? They're maybe not totally broken yet. Maybe they haven't hit that rock bottom right. place yet. It's hard. Well, I, I don't think we need to try. Like it's gonna. Like I think it's a, the process is happening, right? So I think sometimes we worry too much about. Well, how do I get there? Because again, what we have in mind is the outcome. If I could just get to enough brokenness, things will finally improve. God is running the show. Even as it's so funny to me, because even as I've written a Bible study or teach the Bible or whatever it is that we do. God is the one running the show. He's running our sanctification. He's running our salvation. He is the one who's in charge. It's not your pastor, your small group leader, your Bible study teacher. We all think, you know, oh, yeah, I'm putting in my two cents worth. Of course, I would say get the Bible study. It gets, puts you in a space where you're thinking about these things. Of course, I would say go to church, join a small group. All these things are good habits, but God is already doing it. 
And, and so it's almost like, like if you're his, first of all, if you're his child, that, that's his responsibility. Like he's committed himself unconditionally to you. It's happening. Even as you're thinking those ideas, it's happening. And, and when you go, man, why did I just now get let go of my job? Or why did this opportunity close out? Or why did, it's, it's happening. Like God is allowing it. He's not making your life bad. He's allowing it. Like Job, you know, to get to the place where he says, man, I thought I knew what this was about. I repent in dust and ashes because he didn't understand how big was how, how big God was. So I think trust the process and trust God. God's success story is the process. Our success story is the outcome, right? We have things upside down here. Uh, but by and large, I think, um, I was going to say, like, if you do get the study, there are, if you, you, one of the thoughts I, you know, I was thinking about Bible study, people always think about like, oh, I need to get in a group and where am I, I going to do this? The beauty of the study is that you can do this alone on your own. When you buy the book, there's a little QR code at the back that accesses six teachings that I do 20 minutes each. And like, who doesn't have 20 minutes to position themselves in a place where you can finally, like, if you have to, if you're insisting on doing something, well, the best thing you can do is get in a space where you're hearing truth. And so get the study, get the QR code. You don't need a big group for now. Start where you are. You can start this today for 20 bucks. You get this, like, that's not a lot of money when you think about it. If it helps you connect with these questions that you're asking is, how do I get there? Where is God in my pain? What is the point of this painful place? Is it ever going to end? How do I get, how do I become an overcomer in it? Those are the questions that we answer in the study. And I, I really believe they're based on things I've learned in my life, but more importantly, they're based on the truth of God's word. And so I think if you can find something in that regard, get it, and then trust God to do the rest, the part that we cannot do. That's his thing. You know, uh, Lena, this is an important thing because you've got resources that come with this study. And so I want to be sure that people follow you on Instagram. You can find Lena at Living With Power Ministries on Instagram. You can find her Living With Power on Facebook. Uh, there are resources that are available there. You can get the Bible study as well, the other resources at livingwithpower.org. We're going to link all of this to our resources tab at kellyandsteve.org, by the way. And also, you've been kind enough to even put out an email where people can send questions uh, to yeah. get in touch with you as well at lena at livingwithpower.org, because this is very important. We do Christianity together, right? This is an important thing. You can do the study alone, but there are resources and there are others that you can lean into. If there are people that you look up to who are walking out your faith with you, ask those questions. Bring those questions to them as you uncover new questions in your walk with Christ. But what a great resource this is to not only just understand God's Word a little bit deeper, but you've created a pathway to go through through the, invi the invitation into the desert, understanding why we're in the desert, God's mercy and experience of him in the desert, and then how we can really see that as a gift before we recognize that we can overcome those places by the power of Christ. Lena, this is just a great study, and we got to say well, thank you. Thank you for having me. But one last thing. We do have a Facebook community that anybody can join. And yep. it's a, a study where I teach live on Thursday nights. And so right now we're finishing up. We've got three more weeks of the desert study where even though they have access when they get the book, we do it in group. But also we do other things. I teach through the Bible. I, I teach the book of the Bible, topical studies. I think it would create a very good place for a person who's in transition, who maybe is feeling a little leery of church after, you know, the COVID. You know, a lot of church hurts in the last few years. It's been a theme 
of course, I wrote Fractured Faith on that. So if you're looking for a place of community, that might be a good stepping stone. And you can find all that, as Eric has mentioned, on my website, livingwithpower.org. So we'd love to get to know you more and to pray for you. It's an outstanding resource. Uh, that Facebook group is Living With Power, Find Hope and Healing on Facebook. Uh, go ahead, click that, uh, join up, and and then get into that. As you said, you know, you've already gone three weeks through the study, and you've got three to go. So just want to make sure that people understand the resources available to you. Lena, thank you so much for being with us today. I love me some indie. Thanks for having me. You're listening to Mornings with Kelly and Steve on Moody Radio, from the Word to Life.